Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. This podcast aims to provide a safe space that explores mental health within the Black community, breaks down the stigmas attached while taking back our narratives. Welcome, welcome to yes. the Blind Stigma, Stigma Podcast. podcast. We are your hosts. I am Dr. Natasha Williams. And I am Stacey M. Buchanan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. So we are going to have a special, special, well, you know, all of our guests are special. So all let me, of them. let me not say that this one is special in particular, but listen, I believe we are in for a treat. Yes. It's not every day that we, you know, have men and specifically black, black men, men on our show to discuss mental health. And I'm mm -hmm. so proud and so happy that we have on our podcast today, Brandon Omaro. So I want you to yes. just hear a little bit about who he is and what you're going to be expecting today. So Brandon Patrick Omara, oh, yeah. he is an aspiring entrepreneur with a background in EMS, security services and transportation. You're going to hear, I'm not going to say any more about him because he is going to talk about his story, his journey with mental illness, and how he was able to not only just overcome, but also be able to continue to sustain and continue his healing journey. So I'm not going to say more than that. Okay, well, and Dr. Natasha, mm -hmm. I have the perfect quote All right. for Brandon's episode. Okay. It goes like this. Switch your mentality from I am broken and helpless to I am growing and healing and watch how fast your life changes for the better. I love it. I think that is a perfect way to sum up, Brandon. Absolutely. So with that, let's go. Brandon, Amara, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So please welcome yeah. Brandon Amara. Should we have like a round of applause? I know, or something like that. You know, you know. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Brand for having me. Yes, Brendan, we're gonna get right into it, and we're gonna ask you to please tell us your story. Oh wow, uh, where do I begin? Um, well, why well, don't we start? Why don't we start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, and then talk a little bit about sort of where you started to either notice changes or notice differences in your in your mental health or just in your um just in your day to day when you started noticing some changes well uh that's very easy to pinpoint because um i was born in jamaica uh, I left when i was oh, 3 geez. years old <laughs> and i moved to bermuda oh okay and I lived there for about seven years. Uh, that's my dad's country. Okay. Um, Jamaica is my mom's country. Okay. And um, when I was 10 years old, I moved to the United States. Okay. In the mid 80s. Um, so I came from Bermuda, which is like one culture and all inclusive and then i came to the u.s where it was like segregated and racial tension mm. and um, where in the u.s brandon uh in southern new jersey okay okay, okay. 
So um, it wasn't really uh, systemic segregation, but all the cultures kind of stuck to themselves, right? So, and it was like a lot of tension. And I realized that I was different mm -hmm. at that time when I came to America. In Bermuda, um, I wasn't different. I wasn't singled out mm -hmm. um, as being weird or whatever. But when I came to America and, uh, you know, my accent was Bermudian, um, I was reading at a higher grade level than all of my classmates mm -hmm. um, because, you know, Bermuda is an English colony. Yeah. So the education system is, is a lot higher than the U.S. public school system at the time. Mm -hmm. I hear you. I, that, so, is the, that is a story, I'll be very honest, that I've heard quite a bit because you'll notice that a lot of people that have um, immigrated here from, you know, from the different uh, Caribbean islands yes. come here and they are they have difficulty in the education system because of how behind it is. Yep. Right. Did you also have experiences of being like either very bored or, you know, just just unmotivated to learn while you were in the system? Well, when I, in my first in my first uh, few months in school, I was getting uh, high high marks, and um, the popular boys in the class, you know, started to tease me and call me nerd and chastise me for getting good rates. Oh, okay. So I wanted to fit in, so I stopped performing in school. Mm. Uh, and I stopped, I wanted to be cool, so I focused on being popular and my grades slipped. And it was almost like a, a shift in my psyche um, that, you know, when they say it's a culture shock, yeah. Well, I experienced culture trauma. Oh, that's an interesting wow. term. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. Hey. So, like, um, I started getting into fights, and okay. um, you know, people were bullying me, and I had to make a name for myself. So, one bully that picked on me, I beat him up really bad, and then nobody bothered me after that mm -hmm. um, in that school. And so I had like a reputation for being a good fighter. Okay. And, um, but still, I was still not happy or still not popular. And it was just like, I had a hard time adjusting to, to the new world that I was in. So are you noticing then um, sort of really just changes in how you're able to cope? Do you find that this is now transcending through to um, not only, um, you know, elementary, but high school, you know, maybe post-secondary as well? Are you noticing that it's still it's still carrying forward? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I noticed that I lost um, my love for learning and performing. Mm. So, um, you know, I just didn't have the motivation to, to perform in school. And I just did the bare minimum. Can you tell us then when you really started to notice um, changes in your mental health and or, you know, when you really started to notice a significant decline and what did you end up um, sort of was the what was the next sequence of events for you? Okay, so when I was about 12 years old, 
Um, you know, I discovered that um, on cable TV, when the sports went off late at night, that certain content was shown on those cable networks that was, you know, inappropriate for young children. You know, long story short, I, I developed a habit and uh, of viewing inappropriate content and um, acting out sexually. Um, so um, that that uh, sparked, uh, you know, pr pretty much a lifelong addiction uh, to, you know, pornography, sex, and uh, acting out. And, um, you know, I, I realized that that's not really talked about in certain circles that's as right. something to be concerned about, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, men in my circle or in, in my culture, they view that type of content as just something that every man does. Uh, um, but it's, it's very problematic uh, for my mental state and the way I view um, the world, actually. Okay. okay. So I guess where I would want to go with this then, and what our next question would then be is, you know, how were you able to address this? You now find that this is now problematic. Mm. Um, how, at what point do you then begin to address it? Um, you know, seek help. What was sort of the, 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 the final piece that just basically said, I need to get help for this? And what type of help did you receive? Right. So it was a twofold approach. I uh, sought um, help in a, you know, a 12 step program called okay. Celebrate Recovery. Oh, okay. okay. It's okay. a, it's a Christ centered 12 step program for any, any believer that has issues or anything that needs uh, help. Oh. So it's like um, any recovery um, program that has 12 steps. Mm, okay. Okay. But it's just Christ-centered. Okay. Oh, okay. Can I ask one question then? And I know our viewers would really love to understand this. I appreciate that you mentioning about getting to that that um, that that uh, Christ-centered twelve-step uh, program. Could I ask you what actually led you to actually get to that program? Because I think sometimes people feel because the stigma is so strong, they wouldn't even go and reach out for the help. So I would really love to just get a sense of what actually allowed you to open up yourself enough to actually seek out and get that, that help. Yeah. Well, after a lot of failed relationships, failed marriages due to my... Um, sexual addiction and acting out, um, you know, I was kind of forced to seek help to, um, you know, better myself and stop the cycle of, um, you know, bad behavior and, you know, just heal. So one of my, um, one of my counselors uh, uh, um, suggested Celebrate Recovery and I looked at a local, I looked on the website and I found a local chapter here in Toronto, you know, years ago. And that's mm -hmm. how I got involved. Wow. Okay. And I know a lot of people don't know a lot about, a, a lot about that type of recovery. You hear about 12 step. Yeah. You hear about alcohol, from alcohol, you, drugs, drugs, that kind of thing. But interesting to hear about um, a 12 step program. 
but then also that is Christ-centered yes. as right. well. So yes. I find that is that is such an interesting way to look um, at it because, and I mean, this might be another discussion for another day, because a lot of times we have sometimes difficulty admitting our our um, failures or our issues, especially when it comes to being a Christian or going right. through the you know going through the Christian uh, route. Yeah. Right, and and I did try um, generic, you know, sexual addiction twelve uh, step programs, but um, they were you know sharing their um, belief in a higher power or, and a lot of men that were, that belonged to the group were really um, heavy into the addiction, like, you know, federal cases and it it was just too much for me. And, you know, I just, it wasn't, you know, yeah. So they had like mandatory, they had to be there by court order and, it was just too much. So, you know, I kind of stepped away from that space. And then uh, later on, I found Christ Center Steph, you know, 12 step program. Okay. okay. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And also, I do see a psychotherapist for my mental health. Um, I, I'm, I'm diagnosed bipolar. Um, in 1997, I was finally, finally diagnosed bipolar after. Um, several manic and depressive episodes. Okay. Okay. And so, did you were you diagnosed with the with bipolar before the addiction, or or was it when did it all come together around the same time? No, I I, I knew that I had addiction at, at as a twelve year old. Okay. So I was diagnosed with bipolar as a twenty something year old. Oh, okay, okay. With everything that you've been through, where are you right now? Well, I've been uh, blessed to be stable uh, as far as not being hospitalized for any episodes since 2003. All right, congratulations. Um, I am pretty much celebrating the victory over... Um, sexual addiction. Amen. Um, I'm, I'm in, let's just say I'm in recovery. Okay. And I'm okay. doing well. I'm in a good place. That's so good. Um, I'm continuing to, um, you know, take care of my, my mental health by seeing a psych- psychotherapist uh, at least once a month. Okay. That's good. And, um, practicing positive uh, affirmations and keeping, you know, dialogue positive as much as possible um, to, you know, to, to protect my peace. Absolutely. Um, I am a very uh, outspoken conversationalist and I do get into discussions on online (laughs) And I'm very passionate, so it, it may appear that I'm arguing or in a heated discussion, but I'm basically wanting to come to an understanding and uh, complete the dialogue. Okay. So I'm 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 under the habit of um, coming to an understanding, 
even though the the words may get heated, it's it's a necessary um, step for understanding. Got it. Definitely. Can I also ask about, um, I know you mentioned the diagnosis of bipolar, so I'm also just asking um, anything in regards to pharmacological treatments. Are you are you taking any psychotropic medications? Are you currently under uh, using any of those types of things? Yes, uh, I've been taking pretty much the same medications uh, since 2003. Okay. 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 And that's what's been stabilizing you as well. You, I guess you, you found I mean, sort of the... the the, the uh, combination that works well for you? Yes. Yes, it was about a five-year process. Not surprised. Um, it's, you know, medicine is a practice, so they had, they tried everything. Um, and at times I was non-compliant. I wasn't taking my meds. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I would uh, relapse and, you know, have episodes, but then... Um, they finally found um, the right doses and right meds, and I've been on them, you know, very, you know, completely since 2003, and I haven't had any issues. Oh, that's that's, that's really good. That's really good. Brandon, we're going to ask you a question, like, how do you think we can change the stigma of how mental health is perceived within the Black community? Um, it just takes a few people to be bold and to come out and start the conversation. Yes. Because because not not a lot of people have the courage to be the first one to speak up. Mm -hmm. So if they see more people speaking about it and being unap unapologetic about it, then they will have more courage to join. Absolutely, I believe so too. So we just need to make it um, a common thing to see especially a black man talking freely about mental illness mm -hmm. and the importance of, you know, seeking help and um, not being too macho to um, admit that you have a problem and you need help. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We need to normalize these conversations in our community, you know, um, right. and, and definitely have the positive language around it because uh, mental illness in our community is just so secret and shame loves it. You know, so it's good that we, we can see one person talking about it. And then it's just like, oh, you know what? You too? Like, I'm I, I'm going through this. So people see that they're not alone because people sure. tend to think that they're the only ones that's dealing with this. So I think that what you said is, is so true. It's having that conversation. They, before we wrap up this, um, our episode with you and our talk with you, which we're so grateful and honored to have you on board, I'm going to ask you a fun question. Okay. This is what I like to ask. say this is a fun question. Yes. So this one originated, um, I was at work one day and I went to the water cooler and I saw they had signs, a sign that said, take one thing for your mental health. And it had different words cut out and you could just rip a word that you feel would be good for your mental health. And so I have incorporated into the podcast to ask our guests, what is one word, Brandon, one word that you can say describes your journey with mental health? Um acceptance oh oh yes why did i just feel like that was such a beautiful word where i just right. want to extend a hug right <laughs> acceptance oh. yes beautiful I, so please can you explain a little, a little bit, bit in terms of why you chose that word oh, i love it well um for me it means to to take ownership of um 
the fact that you do you, you do have choices to make um, just because um, you're in a certain situation or you're you have a certain diagnosis um, it doesn't dictate how you live your life it doesn't dictate how you react to people and by accepting that fact um, it gives you freedom to just be yourself amen I absolutely oh. agree. Brandon, thank you, thank you so much for the time that you've shared with us today, what you have shared with us. I know that your story is going to impact a lot of lives. And I know that, you know, I and I, I usually will say this. I know God is using you as a vessel for his glory, which Amen. means I know that whatever you say and how you say it is going to change and impact a lot of lives and in particular in the black community. So I just wanted to pour out that blessing upon you and thank you thank so you. much thank for, you for for you know sharing sharing your time and your energy with us we appreciate you brandon thank you thank you, thank you so you much again. for allowing me to be here you've reached the end of another episode of the blind stigma podcast with your hosts stacy ann buchanan and dr natasha williams Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener and you like the show, then please subscribe, rate, and review us on all the major podcast platforms. Don't forget to connect with us on social media at The Blind Stigma and join the conversation. Find out more about each guest and help us to change the stigma while taking back our narratives. This podcast is produced by What's Up Toronto and Stacey Ann Buchanan Productions.